Welcome to a Sunny Side Up Life podcast, a show for the woman who is ready to live an abundant life full of freedom and positivity. I'm Sammy Womack, and I'm on a mission to help you break free from survival mode, gain financial freedom, stay motivated, and focus on what matters most. Join the movement, and let's start living on the brighter side of life together. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode. You guys, I have a fantastic interview lined up for you guys this week and I cannot wait for you guys to hear it. I have Jen from The Unhurried Life on the podcast and oh my goodness, our conversation was such a joy in the first place and then I went back and I was editing and I was just smiling and laughing along with the episode so you guys are going to love it. It is so good. Jen is a mom of three, a teacher turned photographer turned podcaster and online educator. And we talk a lot about her career changes and how the birth of each of her children affected those career changes. And we talk about living kind of countercultural and living against the norm and how her family does no screen time and how she balances that, what that looks like and how they have really just stepped back from comparing themselves to others and worrying about what other people do and really focusing on what is best for their family and how to get their family from surviving to thriving. And now they are doing amazing. And she even talks about her birth story with her third child. Oh my goodness. Just like look forward to that part of the interview. My reaction was my legitimate authentic reaction. Oh my goodness. Um, so she was such a joy to talk to and you guys are going to love this episode. Before we jump into that, you guys don't forget that I am back on YouTube. I am posting Saturday videos and they're more of my long format videos, you know, like 10 to 15 minute videos. And then on Mondays, I'm back to doing motivational Mondays. And these videos are less than five minutes and they are just quick on the fly, like no editing, no notes, no nothing, like just me sitting down with my phone. I think I've recorded all of them in my backyard at this point. That was not intentional, but I've just been sitting down and hitting record and it has been great so far. Um, so jump over, check those out. Don't forget to subscribe while you're over there. Leave me a thumbs up, leave me a comment. I appreciate all of you um, supporting not only the podcast, but also the YouTube channel as I get back to doing both. So yeah, without further ado, let's welcome Jen. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone. I am here with a, another great interview with Jen, and I am so excited for you guys to meet her. So welcome and tell us a little bit more about yourself. Well, hi. I'm so excited to be here. Super pumped. Um, so my name's Jen. I like what you could find out about me from just searching the internet and looking online is that I have three beautiful little children and one of them was born at the very beginning of quarantine. Amazing. Or I guess just right before quarantine. And she is just like 
the world's best baby. So I could not have gotten luckier with her and not knowing what was about to hit us. Yeah. <laughs> so thankful for her. And then I have two boys, five and two. They give me a run for my money. <laughs> and we do life inside our little 2100 square foot home in a little town outside of Houston. I was an elementary teacher for a few years and then I went full-time wedding photographer. And then from there, every time, kind of every time I went on maternity leave, my, my business changed. <laughs> Funny how that happens. But, um, with the last one, the maternity leave during quarantine, I went full on with just kind of helping moms learn to live a life that was more simplified and basically revolved more around structure and routines, which is super not me. I'm a seven on the Enneagram, which if you don't know what a seven is, they're like way extrovert, free spirit, daisies in your hair, like just woohoo, live life, adventure. And so for me to say I thrive on routine (laughs) in systems is kind of weird. So it's clearly been a process. Um, But we do daily walks with the Bob, double Bob stroller. We do crock pots. We do things that help our life be more intentional and more purpose-filled. And so that's kind of what I've shifted gears from photography to do. I still love photography. I still love the business of photography. I still help uh, women, primarily women, kind of start businesses from home. And that's just a big passion. Now, what you wouldn't necessarily know from searching the internet or looking on my Instagram all the time is that we are a screen-free family. We, my kids are screen free minus like a little bit of cosmic Mm -hmm. kids yoga during quarantine. (laughs) You know what that is. (laughs) My oldest five-year-old and I would do it like in the evening after Mm -hmm. the two-year-old was in bed. So we had, you know, once a week we would do little things like that. But for the most part, other than my work and my screens, like there's no Netflix happening. There's none of that other, you know, YouTube videos, things like that. Um, And that's just a choice we made with our family to live simplified. And it was a big transition. I guess there was a detox time. I started that Mm -hmm. when my two-year-old, when my five-year-old was two. So my two-year-old, that's all he's known. My (laughs) five-month-old, that's all she's known, clearly. I mean, she's five months, but... um, My husband works super long hours, so I do a lot of momming on my own, and that is a tough life, and there's moms out there that do that kind of life, and it's just so hard. It's just so hard, and I just want them to know that I see them, I hear them. To an extent, I can feel part of what they're going through. I can't feel all of it because we all have our own different walks, different challenges, but Um, So those are things you wouldn't necessarily know just from finding me online. I love healthy living. I love trying to let us all live to our fullest healthy potential, um, simplified, organized. I love it. I like how you're like, I I relate, obviously I I have three kids also, and I like how you're like during, you know, when your oldest was about two, that was about the same time for us that we started to get intentional was when my oldest was two. And I have interviewed you know, so many moms and I find this as a very common trend. It's somewhere when the oldest is a toddler or right after the second that I've heard a lot of moms are like, that's when the biggest change, I don't know what it is. Maybe we're just like, I'm a couple years into my motherhood. I feel confident. Mm -hmm. I feel like myself again. Okay, let's do this. (laughs) So they get serious. 
about this mom life yeah. and the thing you said about every maternity leave, like something yeah. major changed. That is a very common theme I see also. I don't know what that is. Well, you know what I think it is? This is this is me like thinking mm-hmm. really deeply about something that probably doesn't really need to be thought about very deeply, but <laughs> what it is, is we're giving ourselves during maternity leave, we're giving ourselves like a period of rest. Mm-hmm. And when we finally have rest and we finally kind of like sit down and come up for air and everything, then our brain is allowed to yeah. do what it wanted, what it should be doing, which is like flourishing. And all. and so I think that when we finally do just have a period where we slow down and we rest and we take a minute, then our brain, our trajectory, like all of that changes. Yeah. That is what I would say. Cause I've thought about that a lot. I'm like, why did all these huge things happen? Like either right before maternity leave or right during maternity leave or right after maternity. Like, why is it all focused around like the birth of a child? Cause that shouldn't be the time that yeah. I'm making but it is. decisions. <laughs> it so is. Yeah. It was like right before my second daughter was born was when I decided to be, become a stay at home mom. And then right after she was born was when we decided to like start our debt free journey right after my third was born was when I decided to like start my blog. And so I can see all of the patterns. And I also think like as a mother, we, like, as soon as you tap into that motherhood power, you're just like invincible. You're just like, I can do so much. And you just become like so strong because I think you've just like tapped into this whole other set of energy or something. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Well, once you've brought a human life into the world, I mean, like, what else can you do? You know, like, <laughs> that's kind of... I can do anything. Yeah. You're like, a podcast doesn't scare me now. I went through birth three times. <laughs> yeah, for real. And my last, so that this, my third child was quite a hilarious um, birth into the world. She was legit born with me standing up in a hallway. So, oh my gosh, literally like, my worst. I was like, fear. okay, if I can do this, like, there's, there's nothing I can't do for seven minutes because that's about. I mean, actually, yeah. probably took about seven seconds, but yeah, <laughs> that is amazing. So, that's definitely a superpower. And that was accidental. That was not. That was yeah. we were not planning on yeah. that kind of a birth. So throw that out there. That's amazing. So um, what, walk us through a little bit of what it was like before you decided to get intentional, make this huge switch and probably where a lot of our listeners are currently at, like walk us through that period for you. I was very much surviving. I was just kind of going from day to day. My, my oldest would sit in the bathtub of our master bath, you know, that bathtub was never used and watch YouTube videos of dump trucks while I took a shower and like got ready. And then I would sit him down again in front of Daniel Tiger while I answered emails. And I just felt like I was just going through and and then I would just be holding him in one arm while I was trying to stir dinner. Like I just felt like I was not I was in no way thriving. I was barely surviving. I was getting from day to day. I didn't see a big picture and I was just chasing the next thing that everyone else was doing at that point. I had a photography business. I was in the middle of uh, finishing writing a book that I was going to be publishing. And it was, there was just a lot of things that I was doing, I guess, because I felt like I had to. So then I guess if you flipped it, I kind of one day just realized I'm quote, stay at home work from home mom. And I was trying to be a full stay at home mom and a full work from home mom. And I couldn't do, there was no physical way to do both of them. I remember sitting there thinking one time while I was nursing him, if I could just have like 
an extra arm. Like I legitimately was thinking (laughs) if somehow God had just made moms like grow an extra arm when they gave birth. (laughs) And I was like, okay, Jen, come on, get a grip. Like you don't have an extra arm. You don't have extra hours. You have just as much as everybody else. You know, your life isn't oh so difficult that you can't give, give your children a life that you are fully present in while also being fully present in your work. And so I kind of just took that time. I restructured our life. I cut screens out, which sounds like counterintuitive, but I cut screens out. And after a little bit of a detox with screens, it was definitely something that made the biggest difference in our lives because my two-year-old became more sufficient. I'm curious about the screen detox, which I'm sure a lot of people listening are like, kind of getting itchy thinking like, what would I do without screens? (laughs) We used to do very, very little screens when my kids were younger and we have kind of drifted more and more towards the screens and it like, it creeps back up and I've never been one to be super strict on screen time. And I've always tried to like teach them self limitations, like, okay, you've been doing it for what else could we do and kind of try to like do that. And my kids are a little bit older. I mean, my oldest is nine. Um, but thinking about that screen detox, that's actually one of my summer goals is like, they have been screening it up during quarantine. Oh yeah. (laughs) And we're, I'm like, we got to wean back off of that. It's getting a little out of control. So what is a little bit of your advice for people who are wanting to detox maybe completely or somewhat? Okay. So the first thing that you have to realize is it's not as hard as you think. You think that you need them and truly, truly you don't. Think about 50, 60 years ago. Like they did it. They they really did do it. They did life without iPads and screens and things like that. And so I just had to think, why did, how could they do it? But yet I have a mentality of I can't. So it, it was really just a, just small little shifts in my thinking. And the way I did it is I truly did it like a detox. It was like cold Turkey. We're done. We are done with screens. I mean, I haven't done it any other way, but to me, that was the easiest way because there was no gray area for my child. There was no gray area for myself. It was Nope, we're not doing it. And I hadn't said we're not doing it for two weeks. We're not doing it for two months. I just said, Mm -hmm. we're not doing it. I didn't give a final date. I stopped them. I took them away. I made sure that I was only using my phone during work hours for myself. (laughs) So I had to be structured with that. I had to set work hours for myself where I could say with honesty, Mm -hmm. mom is on her phone because I am working and I am working from home so that I can still be with you so that I can still sit here in this living room while you're playing with your trains and I can be, I can be the one here with you and I'm not paying someone and I'm not sending you somewhere. I'm, I am the one here with you, but that means I'm working on my phone as well. And so I had to, and that's hard for a two-year-old to get. Oh yeah. But for him, I just was like, nope, sorry, you're not getting on screens. You're not doing this. It was a cold turkey stop. And it took, if I could think back, I want to say it took maybe at very most like 48 hours or something. It was not as long. I was thinking it was going to be like weeks and weeks of him wanting the screen of me not knowing what to do of all that. But it was maybe just a couple of days of me just having to say, nope, nope, nope. And really for that couple of days, I really did put my phone down too. I, I put down my electronics. I didn't, 
I invested in him. I figured out what he was liking, what he loved. Could he do Play-Doh on his own or did it become a big disaster? Did I need to like saran wrap the house first? Like there were things I just was figuring out. And then slowly I just kind of started adding more things to his list that he was able to do on his own, you know, go play outside for 10 minutes, dig a dirt, like go make a dirt pile. Go, you know, I just started adding these things. When it was dinner time, I got one of those toddler tower things that are super obnoxious and giant in their kitchen. And <laughs> I put that up and I was like, here, I handed him, you know, like whatever, just little things that he could mess around with while I was cooking. And he just stood right next to me and, mm-hmm. and it was, it wasn't that long until he, he really was like, mom, I'm going to read some books or I'm going to go do this or that, or going off and doing things on his own. And now that same little two-year-old is now five and he is so independent Mm -hmm. for a five-year-old. I mean, there are definitely times where he's wailing on his little brother and have to step (laughs) in, but for the most part, I mean, he draws, he listens to books on tape. He does Legos. He doesn't need screen uh, and it's because we got there it's not because it happened overnight and it just took a few times of having to remember why we did this which I had my own why um, a mom thinking about doing this will have her own why my why was I just I had read enough and looked into enough about what kind of screens do to people's brains, how they change your brain weight, like what they do. And I just decided I didn't want that for my kid. And that was no guilt. If that is your lifestyle, that is just your choice. That's, I'm not going to judge you any more than I would want you to judge me. So I do think it is much more possible than you think, but you have to be firm and you have to say, we're just not doing it right now. Yeah. We're not doing screens. And then there are millions of other things. In fact, I think I read somewhere that the word bored, that word wasn't even invented until like the late 1800s. I believe that. So before <laughs> the 1800s, like they did not know what it was oh, to be bored. I hate the word bored. That is a huge pet peeve of my. I hate yeah. it when my kids come in and they're like, I'm bored. And then so I'll name, you know, five or 10 things that they could go do. And I'm like, I just want you to know that I am never bored. Like I really enjoy all the things, (laughs) even if that means laundry, like, I mean, you know, do something, but did you see a, obviously he was pretty young, but did you see a shift in his like mood, attitude, like habits, sleep, like anything like that? Yeah, for sure. His, his mood, his attitude, his behavior. But like I said, it took like a couple days because whenever I would take the screen away, whenever I'd take the phone or the iPad away, it was like massive meltdown. Oh yeah. And then he didn't know what to do. And he followed me around the house crying. And then, and and I was like, okay, this is just not working for our family. And then do that every single day yeah. like that. Multiple just... times a day. Cause like I said, yes. he would watch it while I took a shower. He'd watch it while I made dinner. He would watch it when I needed some time. And also, I don't know if this has anything to do with screens. I've not actually looked into it, but he's five and he still naps. Like, I mean, yeah. but he, like he legit falls asleep, gets rested, rejuvenated, then like goes about business. People are like, what? Your five-year-old still naps? And I'm like, yeah, because I don't hand him a screen during quiet time. I'm like, hey, this is your rest time. If you, if you want to, you know, he has this old school CD player with CDs for books on tape. <laughs> or books on CD, whatever they're called. Yeah. Yeah. And he'll listen to that sometimes, but he, or he'll just lay in there and he'll tell stories or he'll, you know, Mm -hmm. like whatever. He's extremely 
imaginative and creative. And so I think that that is largely in part due to the screen shift we've had. I think it's the lack of this overstimulation. Yeah. I, I noticed that like like lately during quarantine, my kids have been on a lot more screens and um, my husband bought an Xbox since quarantine. <laughs> and I've been very, very anti, like I did not want a game system. I didn't want everybody, you know, glued to it all the time. And so nine years of parenthood, we have not had a game system. And he was like, it's quarantine. I'm bored, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so now it is, oh my gosh, it's everything. Every time it's like, okay, it's time to turn the Xbox off. It's just blah, meltdowns, you know? And I'm just yeah. like, this is why I didn't want it. This is exhausting. So now we, we're having to like rein it back in. And I'm like, this is why I didn't want to do it, but yeah. you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> and also like, I was very, very hardcore. I did not want my kids to have their own tablets. And this past Christmas, I broke down. I got them their own tablet. And now I'm just like low-key regret it. <laughs> like, I knew it. I knew it. And I'm like, no, they're older. It'll be different. So, yeah, I feel all of the things that you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> sure. And I, I do I do realize that as kids get older, they, they are required to have tablets and stuff for school mm -hmm. and things like that. So I don't know exactly how we'll approach it there, but I have some really yeah. good friends that have one tablet for everybody and it has to be plugged in at this one station, like this one spot. Yeah. And that's the only place they can use it. And it's only for school. And so there's different, I mean, there's different things that we've thought about, but it really is. And also, I mean, Sammy, it was quarantine. Like nobody yeah. knew what to do or oh, how yeah. to do I, it. And so that's kind of where I went with, with sleep, with screen time. I was just like, we got to survive guys. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, whoo, okay. And now my summer goals are like, we got to rein it back in. We got to reboot. We're going to, you know, do all these things. And so I'm sure there are a lot of moms listening that are like, yes to everything yeah. that we're saying. You need to press the reset button. Yes. Yes, for sure. So what has it been like to raise your kids differently than the norm? And how have you seen that show up in them? Well, so anytime you do something countercultural, it's you're picking the road less traveled, which mm -hmm. means there are more rocks and bumps and branches and things that you have to get through. But it also means that typically you're getting to somewhere where not as many people have been. So part of what my life looked like before is I was always looking at what other people were doing and I was chasing that. I think a big change happened was yes, when we stopped doing screens, but also when I realized I can't look at what the next person is doing, what the other person is doing. I have to look at what's okay with me. I have to look at what's okay with my family and what gets us to thriving instead of surviving. And that meant systems and that meant doing our home life differently. And that was kind of where I really started doing things that I didn't realize were countercultural because I just was trying to create a life more of abundance than a life of surviving. And so it started to look different within our four walls, but then it started to look different to other people looking in. And that was kind of where I started figuring out that I wanted to help other women, other moms get to that point of being comfortable with doing something your own way inside your own house. You don't have to do it the way someone else does it. But the, the tricky part was, is that a lot of people were just kind of like, but how? but how do I do it my own way? <laughs> I, I, I would love that, Jen. That's great. I want to do it my own way, but how is my own way going to 
be successful for my family. And so I spent a while creating some things. I created the Unhurried Life Starter Kit, which just helps moms get the big picture, step back, and remember it's not day-to-day. You are not surviving. You have a big picture. You are made for more, and you can thrive in this atmosphere. I'm not saying you're going to thrive every single minute, every single day, because there are definitely days where we survive. (laughs) But my overall goal when looking out is that I am thriving and that I have a general trend of going up instead of a plateau or down. And so inside the Unhurried Life Starter Kit, I put in their systems and I put in their ways to cut out the day-to-day stressors and chaos so that it's, I mean, the example I, I love is laundry. Mm-hmm. So we all have like a laundry mountain that's on our table or moves into our bedroom or <laughs> we feel like we're always doing laundry. And let me just tell you, we, during quarantine, went through about seven outfits a day. I also had a newborn baby that was doing all the bodily fluid things. Yes. <laughs> so I mean, we had a lot of laundry too, and I kept the system up and we, I kept up no screens. So if you really want to say <laughs> that you can't do it, let me just tell you, you can sister, do <laughs> you can do it. But I, so we do laundry one day a week. So one day out of seven is laundry day. And then all the other days we don't do laundry and you can think of excuses and you can think of reasons why you can't do that. But I can also give you a bajillion reasons why you can do that and why it would help your life and your system so much. So (laughs) there's just little systems and little things and remembering that you're an individual and you have goals and you deserve to not put your life on pause right now. Like that is not what, that is not what we're called to do as moms is to put your own life on pause. I I love that. I also do the once a week laundry and I absolutely love it. And I was like one who in our old house, our master bedroom was like the size of half of our house now. Like it was ginormous. And so that extra floor space was always our mountain of laundry. Yeah. And it was terrible. It was so terrible. And so we decluttered first of all, like we'd have way less clothes than we used to. And now I do laundry once a week, either on a Saturday or a Sunday, depending on what's less busy. And I do all the laundry in one day and I actually look forward to it now. Mm-hmm. And it's so weird. Cause I'm just like, yeah, it's laundry day. And like, I'm going to fold all the laundry <laughs> and I'll like, just pick some, like usually I'll like watch a show or listen to an audio book. And like, that is just, it's almost me time now. And I know that I'm getting a huge task off my to-do list and I love it. It actually doesn't bother me at all anymore. So um, I know in your starter kit that one of the sections on it is is batching your life and basically that's batching your laundry. Um, So what are some other examples that you could give us for batching your life and making things easier? So I know everyone thinks like meal prep oh, if I could like just have one day and I got all the cooking done, but that just is not realistic. Like, Not for me. <laughs> I've, I've never been great at it. I'll go through seasons, but like mm-hmm. I, I've never been much of a batch cooker because I hate cooking. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, so I love cooking and I still yeah. am like, I can't do just one day of this. Like somehow yeah. it always winds up that every day I'm doing some type of cooking or prep or laying mm-hmm. out or whatever. And so one thing, I go over in the starter kit. And one thing I also just have on my website is I like to 
prepare meals and show kind of the systems for how I do my grocery shopping, mm-hmm. how I prepare breakfasts and lunches all on one day. So those are taken care of. And so that I have dinner recipes and ideas that I don't have to Pinterest because that I feel like I'm like, oh, I'm tired of X, Y, Z. Let me go on Pinterest for 45 minutes that I don't have and try and find some, the next like paleo whole 30 crock pot, whatever, easy, quick, fast sheet pan, you know? And I'm like, this took me longer than it would take me to prepare. (laughs) And so one thing I think about and try and help other moms think about is how to just get to the place where you have stuff in your head that you can just do easily and quickly. And that's healthy also, because we all like to have something that we don't have some guilt about having and to just kind of go from there. So that's not necessarily, well, it is kind of batching because we batch our breakfast and our lunches. And I've even sort of started considering batching our snacks because I feel like my kids Mm -hmm. are always hungry and they always just want a snack, a snack, a snack, a snack. And I'm like, if you could just wait 45 minutes, it'll be lunchtime. (laughs) (laughs) So I, when I batch their lunches, they get put in a little container. I kind of want to just batch snacks for the week too. And just Mm -hmm. like cut up my apples and, you know, celery, peanut butter, like just put all that in a container and be like, this is your snack box for the day. If it's empty, it's empty. I haven't done it yet, but I'm thinking my, my boys eat also like teenage children right now. I don't understand why they eat so much, but (laughs) they eat all the time, especially snacks. I feel like my kids are always like snacks, snacks, snacks because we homeschool. So they're always home. Oh my goodness. So this, like this quarantine with kids always home, kids always asking for a snack and everybody's like posting a lot of it. I'm like, yes, that's my life. Always. (laughs) Always. Yeah. <laughs> Always. I know you homeschool moms. Oh, You're man. like, welcome world. Yeah. Like guys, this is what I've been doing for the last yeah. nine and a half years. <laughs> yeah. So you have a lot of other great things in the, in the starter kit and I'll link to it. I downloaded it for myself and it's, it's so great. Um, but there are a couple other things that I kind of wanted to bring up. Like you mentioned complaint free, be still believe you can. So walk us through a little bit more of the, the kind of mindset stuff that goes into this. Yeah. So complaint free is probably one of my favorite things. And There's this book called The Complaint-Free World, and that is kind of what got me started thinking about doing things a little bit differently when it comes to complaining. And truthfully, I think at one point complaining and just not believing that I was even capable of stuff, that was overpowering my mindset. And as a mom, when you're at home, like you don't have another adult really to talk to. So you are the adult you're talking to in your head. (laughs) I'm not completely crazy, but you have a lot of self-talk going on. And I realized that if my self-talk was negative, then my beliefs and my life was becoming negative also. And so instead of self-talking about, gosh, I feel like I'm just taking like one step forward and 17 steps back, or man, I just fix that. And now he broke that or, you know, just a lot of different things that are, were going through my mind. I realized that if I couldn't talk about it to my head and I couldn't talk about it to anybody else, if it couldn't be fixed or I wasn't getting towards a solution, like figuring out a solution, I didn't need to be thinking or talking about it, which is basically like a complaint because a complaint is something that really you're just saying you don't have a goal to solve it. You don't have a goal to fix it. You don't have a positive attitude on it. 
And so the more you become aware that if, if I'm talking about this and then when your spouse comes home and they say, how was your day? And you just want to be like, God, it was so hard. Do you have any idea? Yeah. All this like word vomit comes out. This, all this complaint yeah. comes out. You're like, <laughs> I just want to be like, do you have any idea what I've been covered in today? Do you want me to tell you? You know, I'm like, you know what? None of that is productive. And he yeah. won't understand fully what I'm going through. Um, cause yeah. he wasn't here and he's not a mom. And yeah my best girlfriend won't even understand that. And so I tried to only allow myself to speak complaint free, which meant that if I was telling him the way something went that day, like I had a struggle with my oldest, he was back talking me or something like that. I didn't complain about it. I asked, I told him what happened and I said, can you help me brainstorm like how we can fix this? Or if, if it's just me at home, because like I said, my husband worked a lot of hours. There's mornings and nights and stuff that my kids don't see him. So I, I do problem solve with myself a lot. Yeah. But I have to think if I'm just sitting here and wallowing and feeling sorry for myself that this is the situation that I'm in, then I, I have to be able to hold that thought captive and I have to be able to stop and I have to be able to say, you know what? Yes, this is hard, Jen. Like what you're going through is tough. Nobody will ever know how tough it is for you, except for my father in heaven. And so I, I can't, I can't just sit here and be sad about how hard this is. I need to think of ways to fix it. And so that's where the unhurried life starter kit came in. That's where being still and believing that I could, that's where, you know, figuring out small systems to give myself a break throughout the day. That's where all of that started to come from was just realizing that nobody will ever know exactly the weight that I carry on this earth. And so I, I need to just figure out how to, I guess it's like self-help, you know, I need to figure out how I can do yeah. this on my own in a lot of ways and not be sad or resentful towards my husband when he comes home. And I'm like, Oh, cool. You were like, you ate lunch all by yourself in your office. Oh, I'm sorry. You had to go to subway. Like <laughs> that sounds terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I'd just be like, Oh man, babe, you know what? Next time we'll all load up and we will bring you lunch because we'll want to see you. And you know, yeah. so just like a mindset change. And that just came from a lot of realizing I was going nowhere with complaining and being sad. And yeah, exactly. Though I, I just kind of feel like a lot of times we just kind of will wake up one day and be like, or for me, at least I woke up and I was just like, this is my life. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm never going to get this back. My kids will never be whatever age they are ever again. This day will never happen ever again. And it was just kind of this like light bulb moment where I was like, oh, wow, I'm wasting all of this time. And for me, like I always wanted to be a mom. I would probably have a dozen kids if my husband was cool with that, which he's not. So we only have three, but I, you know, I've always wanted to be a mom. I always wanted to have a, some kind of entrepreneurial job, you know, and all these things that I used to dream of. And now I'm like, you've got it. And you're doing nothing but wishing it away, complaining through it, surviving through it. And that is not ideal. Yeah. And so I just kind of woke up and I was like, we're going to change things. We're going to actually enjoy this. Because yeah. <laughs> when I get to the end of the life, my life, I don't want to be one of those people who was like, I wish their whole childhood away. Yeah. And now they're, they're grown and they're gone and I can't ever get it back. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you won't be because you know right now. And if we know right now, then we can start making teeny tiny little mini macro adjustments to get to where we are. Like it's not an overnight thing to change our attitude and our situation, our circumstance. It does not happen overnight. Just like if I wanted to lose 30 pounds, I don't just like say one evening, man, I hope I lose 30 pounds and then wake up the next morning. It's done. (laughs) Like it takes a really long time to lose 30 pounds. It takes a really long time to make life and self adjustments. Yep, exactly. So what advice would you give to the former version of yourself? If you could go back and, you know, five years ago, like when you first became a mom somewhere in there, what would you tell her? So I, I would want to try and stray away from saying things that you already know, because like, you know, it's hard, (laughs) you know, it's maybe going to get better one day, but that doesn't really help me right now where I am. So really, really momming is so hard and it is okay to say not today. And it is okay to say not tomorrow and maybe even not this month, especially when it comes to doing something that you thought you were supposed to do, starting a business, doing something different, changing something that doesn't necessarily mean I'm a procrastinator. It just means not today. And just because it's not now doesn't mean not never. It just means not this moment. Like it's okay. Go to sleep, start again, maybe tomorrow. I love that. And I'm still struggling to do that. But if I, if I had known that when I had my first and I was an extreme go-getter. Like I said, I published a book before my baby turned one. And I was just very determined. I had a big photography business that was like a over six-figure earning. Yeah. But like I had a lot of irons in the fire. And I think I just felt like I had to do it all at that moment. But if I could go back and say, hey, you know what, Jen? It may not be today and it may not be tomorrow. That doesn't mean not never. Because now look at my, my five-year-old. Yeah. But then I also have a five-month-old. <laughs> But I can see now that this is a short time. Mm-hmm. This is such a short time. And like we were talking before this interview, you were saying how your nine-year-old's basically like taking care of your other two yeah. kids. And I just thought, oh my gosh, that'll be the day. <laughs> but it will be the day. It will come. It will. And I won't have a two-year-old that's like clinging to my leg and a five-year-old that I'm nursing while I'm cooking dinner. You know, it's like this, this is so short. And I know people tell us that all the time, but really and truly it hits you when it's, it's actually your kid. Like my youngest is almost five. My youngest is almost five. My goodness. And I'm just like, Oh no. Like we, like we don't buy diapers anymore. We sleep through the night and I'm just like, I used to dream about these days. And I'm like, and they're done. They are completely done. And I'm just like, wow, that went really fast. And they tell you it'll go fast. But you don't, it doesn't hit you until they're your own, mm-hmm. until your baby's almost five. Oh, I can't, that make me <laughs> so like, sad. Uh. <laughs> yeah. So what lessons are you going to take with you into the future? And what are some of your future goals moving forward? So moving forward right now, I've really, I think during quarantine, I kind of got really good at ignoring other people. <laughs> <laughs> and what I mean by that is... I just looked at what was right for me. And I know there's like all these people that say, you know, keep, you know, stay in your lane, keep your eyes on your own road and all that. And I had heard that, but I didn't really understand exactly what they meant until I realized I actually don't care what they're saying. It doesn't matter to me that 
she just had her fifth baby and is like super adorable on Instagram and has like perfectly edited photos, like whatever. That is awesome for her. Yeah. I'm not even going to let that thought like take up space in my brain anymore. I am going to do what's best for my family. I am going to let my own personality, who I was made to be, my uniqueness, be my business and be who I am with my friends. And I think that going forward, just really going back to that place has so far been helpful. I mean, it's been a few months. I think I just had one day that I was like, I don't care if that's the way she's doing it. Like, I'm going to do it this way. I have a photo organization course online that I've been working on and I looked, I found somewhere like I was Googling something or whatever and something came up where there's some other person that had done this. And I was like, how dare they? Like they did something that I thought of. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, Jen, like get a grip. This is totally like, they're doing it their way. You're doing it your way. And even if you have the same steps, you are you and you are going to talk and speak in the way that you were made to talk and speak, which is totally different. And that's how you're going to connect with people. And for, and so I just kind of had a moment where I really struggled with believing that I was special, I guess. And then it, it all just kind of like, I'm, I'm good with, with being me and yep. I don't need to worry about how other people are doing something. Cause it's not the same way as me. Yeah. And I say that all, I get, I get in my own head too. And it's always like, yeah. there's so many podcasts, there's so many courses, there's so many Instagram influencers, there's so many, you know, other quote unquote competitors. And I get in my own head about it all the time. And I'm like, you know what, no matter what someone else does, they will never have your face. They will never have your experience. They will never have your voice and they can never do it a hundred percent like you. They won't have your story. I think that's also what's helped me is I'm like, my story does not match any other human being on this planet. And your story, Sammy, does not match, or your story, listener, does not match Mm -hmm. any other human being on this planet. And that's, I mean, right there, that's what makes it worth it for you to keep going and for you to share what you have to share. Because just those little connections. I love that. That's awesome. So what else can we look forward to seeing from your business and all of your stuff that you have going on? Well, like I kind of said, photo organization has been Mm -hmm. something that has been on my mind and heart for sure. Just the overwhelm. I was looking (laughs) at that on your website. That is my, one of my biggest flaws. (laughs) That is my clutter. I still, I'm going to, dig into your stuff. <laughs> yes, please do. I just feel like as a mom, we take so many beautiful pictures of oh our my. kids every day. And then what happens to them? They just are in digital space yep. and we're just, we get overwhelmed. The fact that we have maybe 50,000 photos on our phone. If only, yeah. And <laughs> don't know. Yeah. And I just, we, I've gone through, I talked to a friend, um, who she is sick and she is worried. She's like, I I want my kids to have pictures of me and us. And we don't know what's going to happen with her, but I I sat down with her and I was like, okay, let's do this. And so we got everything so that it, so that if something does happen, it's a joyful process for kids to go back through stuff. And it's a happy time. And it's not a, 
what picture is this? Why are there 79 of the same shot? Yeah. Like, which one should we keep? You know, because as moms, that's, we're the only ones that are going to think like that. You mm -hmm. know, your husband, your sister, whoever isn't going to be able to think like that. And so I just, since I was a photographer for over 10 years, I just took a lot of the systems that I did as a professional photographer and I implemented them into my personal life and just got all of my photos completely organized, perfectly put away and categorized. I make albums for my family every year. It's all, the visual clutter is gone. And then I just wanted to share that with other moms because this is a lot of our kids' memories. And yeah. especially, especially with what's going on in the world, I want them to see the joy-filled moments that we've had as a family. Yeah. I, I definitely need that in my life. Yeah. So I will, I'm going to add that to my summer so, goals to go through your, yeah. your stuff because that's what I need in my life for sure. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of totally free things that I've put out there that I've created for you to start getting all of that organized. Cause I'm super passionate about photo organization. Yeah, I'm totally like minimal. I can be minimal with toys, clothes, everything else. Yeah. When it comes to my pictures, I have literally 10,000 on my phone at, as we speak. <laughs> Yeah. That's crazy. That's so great. I hear you. That's so crazy. I hear you. Yeah. So thank you so much for coming on. And I was, it was so great to talk to you and I will link to everything that we mentioned and all of your Instagram and your podcast and all your stuff. So thank you so much. Oh, thanks, Sammy. This was a blast. Yes. I had so much yes. fun. Okay, guys. I will talk to you guys next week. Bye guys. Thanks for hanging out for another episode of a Sunny Side Up Life podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend because you never know who needs to hear this message. If you haven't already, please leave a review and subscribe. Reviews and subscribers are what help the podcast grow and what help new ladies find our community. And again, thanks for hitting play on this episode and for investing some time in yourself today. Remember that I'm always here to support you and I'm always cheering you on along the way. Don't forget that everything that we mentioned in this episode will be linked in the show notes. All right, that's all for me this week. Bye, guys.